0: Chapter 8 of the Gospel of St. John. Wonderful to see all of you here today. God bless you because on this fourth Sunday in November, you chose God. Amen. Every person on the planet has the power to choose to believe God. And every person on the planet has the opportunity to accept his son as Savior. Are you an influencer for God? Please remember, (laughs) an influencer has the power or the ability to affect the actions of others. And certainly that's what Jesus did for three and a half years of ministry. He went around influencing the world for the kingdom of God. And if you want to follow anyone's example, follow the example of Jesus. The Bible teaches us that by following his example, we help people come out of darkness into the light of Almighty God. For when we shine, we are literally being who God has created us to be. And I ask you, I know it was Thanksgiving, I know Some people ate plenty of turkey. Nobody ate any chitlins. I know that. I know know that now. Nobody ate chitlins. I'm sure you had dressing or turkey or ham or whatever you had to eat. I'm sure it was a beautiful, beautiful time. But the question is, even during Thanksgiving, did you let your light shine? Amen. We truly let our light shine for others to see joy, calmness, togetherness, and oneness. It's so funny about letting your light shine and influencing others. The past two weeks here, to all my friends watching and to everyone listening all over the land, we had something going on here that we haven't had here in Kansas City in a long time. It's amazing to me how you can get in your automobile, drive out of your way to sit in line for over two and a half hours <laughs> to wait on a hamburger I can't say the name because I'm, I'm I'm on the airwaves but here in Kansas City you know the name of the burger It's amazing people can and then they said, At the next location they're opening Independence, they're going to have a new line where you can stand outside in the cold and wait up to two hours to get your hamburger. It's amazing how the world can influence people to wait in line outside for two hours to get a burger, wait in your car in traffic to get a burger and a few months ago we had the same thing. I almost said go chicken go. (laughs) It's got it's just amazing but here in Kansas City oh I don't want to get in trouble but I got to tell you the truth It's, it's amazing last year this time last year when it was freezing outside people still packed out Arrowhead or GE. H.A. Field. (laughs) It's amazing how the world allows everyone else to be influenced by what they say. There was a time in human history where the world, where governments, please hear me, learn your history, where governments did not make, make a move without consulting the church. Now the government makes all kind of, moves and ask the church later on to jump in. Well, we want to declare that God is shifting things. There's coming a time, and we see it, when we turn on the news every day, where, uh, I don't want to get in trouble, where you see, I'll say it this way, all kind of pastors in the courtroom. Because there is a It's, it's amazing to see parents, grandparents, continue to be an influence on your families. Continue to go out of your way to encourage that grandchild, to encourage them that they can make it, that they're not second-class citizens. Yeah. The world is doing its part trying to influence us culturally, but we have to do our part as maturing Christians and influence the world for Jesus. Jesus is not a answer. He is the answer. And this is not in my sermon, but I'm going to give this to you for free. I'm going to show you how big God really is. God is so big. Process this, man. He is so big that he has allowed man to make Thousands of little gods. That's how big he is. Because you can call what you can call your shoe a god. That don't make it a god. You can call your car god. It doesn't make it a god. But one day, all of us have to stand before the Creator of the universe and give an account of the lives that we live. We're going to have to give an account of the things we did and an account of the things we did not do. Therefore, every maturing Christian should take advantage of your opportunities. Here in our text, in the 8th chapter of John, Jesus continues to try to influence those who are around him. He was trying to talk to anyone who would hear his words and take them to heart. You can tell when somebody's not listening to you. Amen. Amen? It's not hard to see because if you ask somebody, please go get me a glass of water, and they bring you a loaf of bread, you can tell, thank you, listen. they're not listening. Well, that's what happened here in the eighth chapter. Jesus was here hour after hour talking with the Jewish leaders, but you could tell by getting into the text that they were not listening. I'm sure during this conversation, there were opportunities where Jesus could have got up and walked away. He could have stopped engaging them, but Jesus had been in the presence of his Father. Jesus was full of glory. And, And I know I got some witnesses in here. You know how it is when you're just full of God and you just want to just tell somebody how good God is, but you think they might not understand where you're coming from. Jesus knew how good God was because he told the people, I just left the presence of my Father. How powerful our Lord is. Jesus was on a mission to speak truth. And all of us, have been called on this mission to speak truth. It's not by chance when you run into people every day. It's not by chance when someone calls or texts you. That's an opportunity for you to speak truth. Say amen. All of us are called to help spread the gospel. All of us are called to speak truth. All of us are called to stand up for what we know is right. Jesus had just finished telling them things they needed to know, and he had showed them things he had learned from his Father, yet they did not want to learn from him. That's a dangerous place to be when you don't want to learn from Jesus. Chapter 8, look at verse 39. Pastors reading from the Amplify Bible. The Word of God is just so real. Look at verse 39. They retorted, Abraham is our father. Jesus said, if you were truly Abraham's children, then you would do the works of Abraham. If you were truly Abraham's children, then you would follow the examples and do as Abraham did. And after Jesus said this, they became angry and they started to object to everything he began to say. So Jesus answered them, you you said you are Abraham's children, what are you doing? Because they knew Abraham was a man of faith. Abraham was open to hear from God. And what I love about Abraham is Abraham admitted to God, I need your help. And he also admitted to God when he was wrong. It's a dangerous place, man, if you're like a Pharisee and you're self-righteous and you never admit, Lord, I need your help. Because I don't know about you, church, but I can't make it by myself. Do I have a witness in the house? I I could not have come this far on my own. I needed God's help. But these self-righteous men, they were blinded by their own ambition. Don't be blinded by greed. Wow. These men who were learned, who were masters of the law, did not recognize the Savior of the world. Somebody raise your hand and say, I'm glad I know Jesus. Hey, if he walked in the room, would you know him today? Hallelujah. Jesus was trying to tell them is that what you're saying is not matching up with how you are living. You can't say that you love God, yet you seek to kill me. You're not displaying characteristics of your father Abraham. Jesus said, I've already established who my father is, but you are doing the works and the deeds of your father. He was trying to teach them, you just can't go off of saying, I'm Abraham's child. Amen. Amen. I, I, I can't, I told you, I say this very often, I can't just go off of, I'm W.H. White's son. I have to have a personal relationship with God for myself. Amen. I don't, stand up, Alexis. This is one of my daughters. As much as I love her, I know she knows the Lord, but she can't go off of, Pastor White is my dad, so I know I'm saved. That's what the Pharisees were doing. Abraham's our father, so we got it made. No, the Bible says you have to have your own relationship. Clap your hands, church, with the creator. Jesus had established who his father was. And he was trying to show them that you have to have a change of heart. There has to be a rebirth or a new birth on the inside. Because all the time Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders, all this time, their hearts were beginning to get harder and harder and harder and harder. And I want to say this to every person listening, watching, and every person in attendance. Don't allow life to make you hard. Hard and callous where you don't have a heart for God's people. Even when you drive down the street, and all of us here in Kansas City, and and, I'm sure whatever city you live in, we have an issue going on here in Kansas City. We have tents everywhere. And if God places on your heart, that's why we did this the last few years. We didn't do this to brag. We just fed 600 souls who were hungry, physically hungry. That's having a heart for God. Who's your father? If God is your father, show his characteristics. If you are Abraham's children, Jesus said, then act like Abraham. But they became so hard and callous. And I hear people tell me, Pastor, you don't know I've been hurt. I've been hurt, so I can't open up myself to anybody. Listen, man, God did not want you to live like this. God wants you to live like this. When your heart is hard, especially hardened towards God's people, there's no room for God to come in and to sup with you. Jesus said, listen, it's been established. You want to stand here and argue with me? Jesus said, I know who my father is, and you keep saying that Abraham is your father. Then why are you trying to kill me? Wow. He was trying to teach them, you don't have to. You can make a change. I came that you might have life. I came to give you life. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly, yet you're still trying to, if you're God's child, then act like God acts. That's what Jesus was telling them. And yes, I told you last week, they got ticked off at Jesus. Who do you think you are trying to tell us who our Father is? Jesus said, I'm trying to speak truth because what you're doing is not lining up with what you're saying. And that's the issue in the church today. We have to be careful that what we say is lining up with what we... And people say, well, how does God act? Jesus said, I'll tell you how God acts. Jesus said, if you have seen the Father, you have seen me. For me and my Father are one. So how, did, how does God act? What did Jesus do? Jesus was full of compassion. Jesus was full of love. Jesus had a heart for people. That's why he fed people. That's why he healed people. That's why he took time to talk to people because he was doing what his father had taught him. When we obey God and do what our father has taught us by spreading love and not hate, joy and not misery, peace and not anger, then we're showing who our father is. But when you go around full of hate, full of malice, full of anger, you're also showing who your father is. So the next time you see someone acting ugly, through your spiritual eyes, take a look, some of y'all got it, at who their father really, just as children, inherit genetics from parents and you inherit characteristics from your parents, there should have been some characteristics of Abraham passed down to his seed. You know how it is. I have people or People say all the time, boy, where's Deacon Rainey at? I don't get in trouble. Where's Deacon Rainey? Deacon Rainey tells me sometimes, and Sister Rainey told me, he said, Pastor, and I appreciate it. They said, you just can't see yourself. Sister Donna's told me this before, too. He said, sometime when you talk, sometime when you move, you move or talk or act, just like your father. Because that's called a characteristic. But when you move and act in anger, when you move and act in fear, when you move and act to hurt someone else, you're showing the characteristics of your. Look at somebody and say, We gotta watch it. Not about look at somebody and say, we have to watch it. Abraham was not full of hate, yet the Pharisees were full of hate. Abraham was not full of disbelief because Abraham was a man recorded in the Bible who was willing to sacrifice his son because God told him to. That takes great faith. Abraham was showing who his father was, but these men were showing who their father was. It takes faith to obey God. In Abraham, throughout the Bible, Abraham is mentioned in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Abraham is one of the pillars of faith. Abraham is in the gospel of faith because he believed God. And these men are saying, well, we're Abraham's seed. Then why don't you believe the seed that is standing right in front of you? God was instructing them in what to do, because remember, Jesus is God. They could have chosen to imitate Abraham. They could have chosen to act like Abraham would have acted, but they were influenced by each other. You know how it is. I remember when I was a kid. I used to, where's Deacon Moses at. I used to walk to and from school it was called 7 Oaks Elementary anybody remember that school it's pretty old oh wow 7 Oaks Elementary not only did i get beat up every day in the 5th grade i told you that story but i got chased by a dog every day walking to and from school but it took faith every day for me to realize lakes today you're going to outrun that dog. I'm a, I was a little bitty dude, man. And we didn't have chucks and fancy shoes like all the kids got now. Back in the day, you want to know the truth? You took your shoes off uh, by myself if you really wanted to run fast. But you have to make up your mind. I was, It was insanity. I was running from the dog every day. And one day my mind, which I didn't know was the Lord, said, Boy, you're smarter than the dog. You know how to get around. Listen, God will always give his children a way of escape. We put ourselves in a bind, but we're not open to hear from God. Young people, God will speak to you at 5, at 10, at 15, at 20. Old, older members, God will speak to you. I wanted to imitate God and show great faith. So I learned how to run fast in track by outrunning the four-legged dog. (laughs) The point Jesus was trying to make here was that the unbelieving Jews, they were standing and they were pretending to conduct themselves as religious people, but they were not. And they looked at themselves as holy, but they were not. Jesus wants us to make sure today in 2021 let your words match up with your actions. We know this here at Emmanuel Church. Love is an action word. If you love someone, you don't try to hurt them. You try to help them. You try to heal them. You try to develop them. Nothing good happens when you live out of the will of God. And that's why these Pharisees and Sadducees, that's why the religious world 2,000 years ago was turned upside down. That's why the curtain was torn. That's why the earthquake took place, because God was not happy. God was not satisfied in how these self-righteous people were living. Nothing good happens when you live out of God's will. And you can feel it on the inside. People say, Pastor, I don't know, Is something wrong with me. When your relationship is not right with God, nothing in your life will line up. Mm. Zoom in real close on the camera. Everybody listening. One of the worst things you can do is when you're having a challenge is to turn your back on God. Why, are you, why would you give up on the one person who's been fighting for you every breath you've taken? God has been fighting for you. I hear people tell me, Pastor, I'm coming to church, I'm coming to church, but I'm, I'm just trying to get it together. That's the problem. You can't get it. When you live out of the will of God, simply repent. Just like Abraham said, Lord, I'm sorry. I I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was doing. Lord, I don't know why I acted that way. Lord, I repent. And that fast, you will be restored. The Bible teaches us, minister, that Abraham lived a life of obedience. What a beautiful thing. He was obedient to what God commanded him to do. Now look at what Jesus said next. Look at verse 14. Forty. look at your Bible look at it closely now Jesus says but now instead you are wanting to seek to kill me a man who has told you the truth and I'm not just tell- look at your Bible I'm not just telling you any truth I'm telling you the truth which I have heard from who? No, say it loud. Who did Jesus hear from? Every once in a while, you ought to hear some truth from. Jesus said, I'm telling you, look at your Bible, I'm telling you the truth which I have heard from God. This is not the way that Abraham acted. Abraham was not full of hate and jealousy and stacking the table up against his enemies. Abraham was full of faith. So if you're wanting to kill someone with your words, be careful. Because the Bible teaches, you will reap. Say it loud. What? What you sow, don't go planning, plotting to do harm to anybody because you will reap. Just what you sow. And on the other hand, since God is my Father, I'm going to plant seeds of love. I'm going to plant seeds of kindness. I'm going to reach out to try to pull someone else up because you will also reap. When you sow kindness, you'll reap kindness. When you sow into the lives of young people and sow into the lives of our elderly, God will have a harvest come back up in your life. Whose characteristics are you displaying? The world says hate, but God says love. The world says hang on to bitterness, hang on to strife, hang on to they did me wrong. The world says just hang on to it, hang on to it, and you find yourself not being able to sleep. Not being able to function properly. Learn how to let it go. The Bible says, and I've taught on this, cast your cares upon the Lord. Leave it with him and don't go back Monday and pick it back up. Say amen. We have to learn to display the characteristics of our Heavenly Father. And all of us know it. We all have it in our families. People that like to cheat. Scheme, trying to get ahead, that's not the way to go. When you know better, God expects you to do better. God says, You can lean on me. God even says, If that's not good enough, you can depend on me. And I told you last week, (laughs) God is called the good father. How many of you know He's a good father? Come on, raise your hands. I'm not playing with you. How many of you know God wants a relationship with you? He's a good father. But many churches, just like the religious people here, have turned him into the Godfather. The Godfather wants to punish you. All all of us in the Godfather, Fredo. Fredo. You broke my heart, Fredo. You broke my heart. The Godfather wants to get even with you. The Godfather wants to send the posse out to put you in line. God is not the Godfather. He's called the Good Father. He wants to pull you close to love on you. He wants to pull you close to help bind up your broken heart. He wants to pull you close to clean you up from where you've been hurt. He's called the Good Father. Raise your hand. Say, I know who my Father is. Say it like you believe it. I know who my father is. If God is your father, then display the characteristics of God when you go out this week. When somebody wants to argue and fuss, hey, don't do it. I've been in the presence of my father. I don't have time to be cursing, swearing, getting mad, driving up my pressure. I don't have time for a bunch of confusion because I have the good father. The good father knows how to give you peace when everybody around you is in turmoil. The good father knows how to keep you safe when there's hell all around. And I gotta throw it in there, man, because I I laughed when I saw it on the TV there was a murder that took place and I wasn't laughing at the murder. I was laughing at what the person said. Stop saying this. I live in a gated community and I never thought it'd be in my neighborhood. Baby, murder's in everybody's neighborhood. We need to pray together and stand together against what is wrong and speak truth. Jesus said, and you will know the truth. And the truth will do what for you? People say they want to be free. But you saying it has to line up with your actions. I'm going somewhere. It's a funny thing about truth. People tell me, Pastor, tell me the truth. I've had this happen to me. I can't even count how many times. Tell me the truth, Pastor. I can take it. Yeah, tell me the truth. And I'm naive enough. Without, I should have prayed first. Because everybody can't handle the truth. I'm finding out just to be some people that I thought was a maturing Christian. By your actions, you're a teenage Christian. And then you want to go in a little deeper. By some people's actions, they're not even a teenage Christian. They're a baby Christian. Because when you know the truth, the truth does what for you? And that's what Jesus was trying to do to the Pharisees. He was trying to set them free. But they had put themselves in bondage. Remember the box? They had put themselves in a box. And God did not design you to live in a box. God designed you to be free. And the only way to be free is to know the truth. The truth is Jesus. When you know Jesus, that's how you get free. When you know Jesus, that's how he liberates you. When you know Jesus, that's how transformation takes place. The truth will set you free. Jesus made it clear to the Pharisees, you need to hear truth. And then when Jesus was speaking truth, they got mad at him. They picked up stones against him because he made them mad. Listen, if you know, my dad used to tell me, Boy, we're digging strictly of that, digging slaughter. Boy, Mother Riley, you heard him say it a zillion times. If you pastor anywhere for six months and don't nobody get mad, you ain't preaching the truth. And I tell you all the time here at Emmanuel, baby, you can get mad at me all day long. But please remember I am not the author of the Bible. Look at verse 40. Look at it real close. Look at the end of verse 40. Jesus said, you're trying to kill me. This is not the way Abraham acted. The point Jesus was trying to make is, be careful how you act. Tell your neighbor, be careful how you act. Come on, get your finger out. Act like you're in school. There you go. Shake it. Say, be careful how you act. And the reason we need to be careful and mindful of how we act is because there's always someone watching. And most of all, if nobody's watching. Verse 41, Jesus says, You are doing the works of your own father. They said to him in plain words, Who do you think you are? We're not illegitimate children. Look at your Bible, born out of fornication. For we have one Father, even God. And I find it intriguing how the Jews could pick and choose what they knew about God. Very convenient. You know idea. Some people can, can quote scriptures all day long and living like the devil. Here they were referring to, to the birth of Jesus. Look at your Bible. They were trying to bring up the controversy surrounding the birth of Jesus because the Jewish community knew about the story of Mary and Joseph. They knew that Joseph was not Jesus' real father. Therefore, they were implying that he was illegitimate. Put your hand on yourself. Say, I know who I am. Say it loud. I know who I am. And I know whose I am. Come on, say, I know who my father is. I I find it very funny how they were going to lecture Jesus, Sister Donna, about his father. How they're going to lecture the creator of all things about his father. But we know Mary and Joseph. And I love what Jesus said one time. One time they came to Jesus. He was in the house teaching. And they said, Jesus, come outside. Can you come outside? Your mother's here. Your brother's here. Your sister's here. Can you come outside to greet your family? Jesus said, No. And the people looked at him like, what's wrong with you? That's your mama. You're not gonna come outside to see your mama? He said, No. He said, Do you know who my mother is? Do you know who my sister is? You know who my brother is? Do you know who who my family really is? My family's not the people you think standing outside the house. My family is the the man or the woman or the person that does the will of my father. That's my brother and sister in Christ. Stop looking at the outside of a person and look at who they're representing. Somebody say, I know who my father is. They were trying to trip up Jesus. They wanted to embarrass him. They wanted to throw shade on Jesus by insulting him, saying, we know who you are, and we know who your mother is. We know who your father was. We know your family, yet you're claiming that you left the presence of Almighty God. It's very interesting how people will try to trip you up, but learn how to speak truth even in the middle of adversity. They were waiting for an opportunity for Jesus to mess up. Some people, man, would smile in your face, grin in your face. Well, you can't pat on the back. Pat you on the back, give you an elbow, fist bump you. Oh, you're the greatest in the world, knowing they don't like you. Jesus said, not only do you not like me, but you've surrounded me. Not only have you surrounded me, but now you've taken up stone to kill me? Who is your father? Don't think that the enemy doesn't have people that's just bubbling over trying to get you. And the only reason he's trying to get you is because God already. When God is protecting you, when God is preserving you, you can be on the inside, because I told you, doesn't matter what you do on the outside, you got to be right first of all on the and I love how Jesus did not try to defend himself as far as his birth, he didn't go into detail that he was born of a virgin he wasn't going to all that, stop trying to explain everything to everybody when you know the truth, let the truth set you free And stop trying to explain everything to everybody because some people are not going to believe you no matter what. I'm not going to waste my time trying to defend myself. I'm going to let the truth, and I'm going to let God speak for me and through me. Now, Jesus goes a little deeper. If that wasn't enough, look at verse 42. Wow. So Jesus says to them, remember, he's talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the Sadducees. He's talking to religious leaders, and he's talking to the Jewish people. So he said to them, look, if God were your father, you would love me. If God were your father, you would respect me and welcome me gladly. For I proceeded, for I came Forth from God out of his very presence. And I did not even come on my own authority. Look at this. I did not come on my own accord. I did not come self appointed. Look at your Bible, circle it. But he sent me. Jesus makes it clear. In front of his enemies. You think you know me, but you don't know me. Shake your finger somebody say, you don't know me. You you think you know me. You may know some stuff, but you really don't know me. And I love how Jesus says this here in the Amplified. It says he just came from the very presence of his father. Hmm. How could he come from the very presence of his father? Ah, Yeah, you can handle it. Because you have to remember, time doesn't move the same with God as it moves with man. So in the mind of Jesus, even though he had been on the planet for 33 and a half years, to him, he just left the presence of his Father. When you take time to pray, when you take time to listen, when you take time to meditate, you tune everything else out and realize I've been in the presence yeah. of my Father. I'm not concerned about this. I'm not concerned about that because I've been in the presence. And if it takes God where well, it doesn't have to, it takes him one year to move five years to move. It doesn't matter. Once I've been in God's presence, I know that everything's going to work out for my good. If God is your father, then your heart should be full of love. If God is your father, you ought to show somebody that you love him today. By the way the Pharisees were acting, it spoke volumes of who their father really was. And they were also, by acting with hate and malice and jealousy and murder in their hearts, they were also displaying who their father was. And they were actually denying God. And I told you about last week, by denying God, you're actually denying Jesus. Seeing it come into these religious leaders, begin to lose their focus, and that's what God wants to remind the church, don't lose your focus. We got a lot of stuff going on in the world. We know that. We turn on the TV, we hear social media, there's a lot of stuff going on, but don't lose your focus. And all of our focus is, Lord, should be, Lord, I want my light to shine. Lord, I want someone to see that there's a better way to life. I want someone to see, Lord, that you live. I want someone to wonder, Lord, what is up with them? Why are they so peaceful and joyful? Because I know somebody who's Lord of lords and king of kings. Don't lose your focus. Look at verse 42. Jesus was emphasizing here that God was not their spiritual father by how they were acting and how they were speaking. If God was their father, they should have demonstrated his nature. If God is your father, all of us should be demonstrating his nature. All of us should be full of creative power. All of us should be full of positive thoughts, positive words, positive actions. When somebody asks you how you're doing today, you shouldn't say, well, I don't know, I don't know. You ought to be able to say, I'm blessed. How many of you ever seen Titanic? Leonardo, the Cap- remember he's on top of the ship. What did he say on top of the ship? I'm king of the world. Well, you ought to feel like you're a king and a queen when you know who your father is. You shouldn't be going around begging like, oh, oh, I'm just an old sinner. Stop saying that. I've been saved. I've been redeemed. I've been set free. Say amen in the house. Throwing tantrums because you don't get your way is demonstrating who your father is. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. They were mad. They were angry. Who do you think you are, Jesus? Teaching the people they need to love each other. He's been owing him $10 forever, and you're saying to forgive the debt? They weren't used to that because they were used to scheming and tricksters and doing things the wrong way, demonstrating who their father was. Now look carefully. Look at verse 42. Look carefully. Jesus says, I came from the very presence of God. I encourage everyone, spend time with God. Amen. What is important to you, that's what you give most of your time to. Spend time with God. The Jewish people actually thought of themselves as son of Abraham, but they found out they were still slaves to sin. The Bible says that Abraham was a strong man of faith. And I talked about this a while back. you got to have a relationship with God in order for your faith to increase. And some people say, well, pastor, you don't know how much I've been through. You don't know how much I've been through. If you listen to what you're saying, you don't know how much I've been. Thank God you went. Hey, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, and that light is always Jesus. They were looking for Abraham to be their savior when they should have been looking to Jesus. Stop looking for somebody else to come in and pump you up and show you the way where God says, I've already spoken to you. God I've already showed you truth. God said, I've already told you that the truth would set you free. God chose you before the foundation of the world to be a light, and don't allow the devil, don't allow his demons, don't allow your family, your friends, or anybody to put your light out. Let it shine. Make up your mind, I'm going to let it shine. Lord, whatever I can do for you, I'm going to let it shine. Stop allowing people to shame you. Stop allowing people, despite of what you did in your past, say, yeah, but don't you remember all of us have a past? And raise your hands. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for another chance. Say amen, church. Start confessing every day. I'm going to let my light shine. I don't care what happened to me yesterday. I don't care about my past disappointments, my past heartbreaks. Today, I'm going to let my light shine. I challenge you to be intentional with your thoughts. Be intentional with your actions. Just like you plan your day out, like you plan things out during the week, like you plan out your month, also make room to plan to bless somebody. Say amen, church. See your future self better than you are today. And make every effort to bless someone. Bless someone in your home, first of all. Bless someone on your job. Bless some of your associates. Bless your friends, but start at home. Please stand to your feet. See your future self being available for God. See your future self influencing those who are lost to come into the marvelous light of the Lord. The Bible says that we are to arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen up upon us today. Clap your hands all over the sanctuary. Everybody watching the broadcast, come on, clap your hands, because I know you receive the word. And I encourage you this week to pray, read your Bible, and walk by faith and not by sight. Next Sunday we'll continue to roll in a little deeper here in the Gospel of John, and we'll see how these descendants of Abraham found out who their father really is. Everybody that claims to love God doesn't love God. Because when you know God is your father, your actions ought to line up with what his word says. To all my friends watching, we love you. Thank God for you. Looking forward to the wonderful things God has in store for you. See you next week. God bless and peace.